Hello, I would like to share with you how the Word of God has shown me how to trust the Lord and stand on the Word during difficult times. A quick background on the testimony I want to share with you and tell you how it came about. December of 2019 was a very difficult time in our home when our son, who was a teenager at the time, was having some challenging behaviours due to his autism diagnosis. Uh, He was diagnosed when he was three years of age with autism. That evening in particular was really bad and basically he got very violent with me, my husband and himself. I've been a Christian with 10 years and is always praying for his healing. But to be honest, I was praying, but fearful at the same time. So not totally trusting in the Lord, I guess, looking back now. That night, after eventually getting him calm, we got him to bed. So, as you can imagine, I was exhausted myself after the whole evening's events. So I hid for bed myself and slept a bit. But I was just totally shook up at what had happened all that day and evening. That night, I had a clear vision of myself, thrown in what looked like mud, And I looked dead, not moving. My face was down in the mud. But then I saw myself starting to move and crawl slowly and get up and walk and then run. I knew that this was the Lord showing me to get up and press on. So I did. And while things were good, I was good. But then I would fold and drop when bad behaviours would start up again in our home. I was basically living on my nerves. Still praying, but still afraid. Anyway, to the good news a few months later, one morning, before he was ready to head off to school, he became very angry and aggressive again and upset with me and got very violent. When the bus came that morning, I would usually go out and greet the driver and say hello, small talk and whatever. But I was just so upset, I just caught him and threw him on the bus, really and truly, if I was to be honest. And I just closed the door and I just started crying and screaming and asking God what had happened and what is happening. I was so exhausted from the whole thing. I just lay on the bed and rested there for around 20 minutes. I had my eyes closed. I wasn't sleeping because everything was going through my head. A very, very clear voice of instruction came on me saying Exodus 14, 14. So I sat up, kind of dried off my tears and straightened myself up and I headed up to the living room. I keep my Bible up there and I opened up the Bible to Exodus fourteen fourteen, that says, The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace and remain at rest. That really hit me and it was basically a turning point for me. And I stood on that scripture from then on. I memorised it as best I could and read it and read it over and over again until it sunk in that this was exactly what I needed. Because all my prayers all along, I was praying, as I said, but I was still afraid, fearful of what was going to happen. But with that scripture, I knew the Lord had my back and he had promised never to leave me or forsake me. After getting revelation of that scripture, I had a vision again, but this time 
There was a storm coming towards me, but I was standing strong and it could not knock me. And I knew again that this was the Lord. So I would like to encourage everyone who's listening, whatever your situation is in your home, be it big or small, that there is a scripture for every problem in the word of God. I am trusting God at the, on the timing for the healing of my son. And I now understand my authority as a believer. But you, must more, but you must learn the word and soak in it and trust in it. Praise God, things are getting better and better every day for us. So to finish, again, I'd like to encourage you all, find the scripture that suits you and meditate on it. Thank you for listening. Praise God. What a testimony. Thank you, Father. I praise you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word and your light, Lord Jesus. You are the light of the world. And you said, Lord, that we would hear a voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. You said, Lord Jesus, that you are the good shepherd and that you speak to us just as a shepherd speaks to his or her sheep and that the sheep hear and know your voice and we do not follow the voice of the stranger. So, Lord, I thank you for Siobhan's testimony today in the name of Jesus. You know, friend, this is what the kingdom of God is about, about uh, ordinary people, human beings, um, all of us made in the image and likeness of God, growing in the knowledge of God, growing in our trust of him, seeing him, uh, seeing his hand move in our lives, seeing the power of his word, uh, the, the promises that he has given us, seeing them fulfilled, seeing ourselves being transformed and changed. Um, you know, and I often think that, um, you know, people have an idea in their head about uh, Christian people, you know, ministers and, and, and different things where where maybe people who are struggling or going through difficult circumstances feel, well, you know, they have it all together. And I think Siobhan's testimony really tells us that, you know, is that even in the midst of difficult circumstances, even in the midst of times when your heart feels like it's going to break, yet God, you know, when you know him, when you know him through his son Jesus, he will strengthen you. He will bring you out through any situation. He will, uh, you know, gird you with his strength. I think the word of God puts it that way. And um, I, I just love the fact that the Lord spoke that scripture to her. She didn't know that scripture, but she just heard very clearly, you know, Exodus 14, 14. And she went and sought it out in the word of God. And that's the way the Lord operates. He always confirms his word and he speaks through his word. This is why Bible study is so vital, friend. You know, because every one of us go through difficult situations. I could tell you, you know, even in my own life, even in my family's lives, um, other people that I know, the things that that people have been through, you know, would put the hair standing on your head. And yet the thing is, is that we can stand up and say, yet we are still standing and God is good. And as long as I have breath in my mouth, uh, breath in my body, I will praise him because I trust him. And I know that he will work out every situation for the good. And that's for you, friend, you know, so it's it's growing in his knowledge, uh, in the knowledge of him rather. And how we do that is by studying the word of God. And, uh, you know, we also learn 
through the word of God to know our enemy. We, we learn discernment. That's what the word of God teaches us as well, to discern whose voice are we listening to. And like Siobhan said there, you know, she was lying in the bed and, and, and feeling greatly distraught and disheartened. And then she heard the Lord speak to her. And um, I love the way she says it as well. You know, she says the Lord speaks to her often in, in, in quite a voice like, you know, get up, come on. And, and that's exactly what she did. And she went and, and sought uh, for confirmation from his word. He showed her uh, that word. It was a rhema word to her. And in Matthew, if you want to turn there to Matthew's gospel, chapter four. And let's talk today about the anointing and the word of God. And um, Father, we just thank you today. We just surrender to you. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to bring fresh revelation of the word of God to us today in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for each one of these people listening here to the sound of my voice, Lord. No matter what circumstances they're living in, no matter what they've been through in the past, no matter where they are right now, Lord, you, Father God, have a good plan for their lives. You said in Jeremiah, for I know the plans that I have for you says the Lord plans to do you good to prosper you to give you a future and a hope not plans to harm you so father I thank you that as each one of us come before you today as your little children Lord we come to sit on your lap to snuggle into you father and to hear what it is that's on your heart you know the place where we hear what's on God's heart the most friend is when we snuggle in into his chest and you know, this isn't some kind of freaky voodoo lulu thing, but, you know, the Lord tells us that when we come under that secret place, into that place of, of just you and God, and, and that place of, of where, uh, you know, we can receive from him, where we can pour out our hearts to him, uh, where we can uh, be delivered and set free from whatever it is that's troubling us, where we can uh, have our mindset or our responses to circumstances or to difficult things or to difficult people, uh, where we can have those uh, attitudes transformed and, and that our response is different the next time. You know, we're all on a journey and there's nobody who has it all together and there's nobody who has all the answers. But the answer is, as Siobhan pointed out, in the word of God. And here, this is what Jesus found out when he was in the the wilderness, the, whole, the Spirit of God took him into the wilderness at the start of his ministry and he fasted and prayed for 40 days. And, I, you know, I can't stress enough, even in the last few weeks and months as I've been studying fasting and praying and as I've, you know, ventured into doing it myself and, and uh, I suppose sometimes we, we, we have a mindset that fasting is just our food but I think so much of us could do with a fast from negative thinking a fast from from uh, you know allowing thoughts of worry or despair or, or, or fear into our heads uh, a fast from social media perhaps a fast from giving out and complaining about our enemies uh, you know these are the things the Lord is really speaking to me and um, as we obey him and do his word we will see great changes in our lives and transformation but here Jesus had been fasting in the wilderness and the devil came to tempt him or the devil came to to attack him and so he um let's read it together in in Matthew chapter 4 Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterwards he was hungry now when the tempter came to him he said if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. 
But he, Jesus, answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so Jesus here was was laying down a marker for the devil. And what he spoke here was that man lives by every word. And that word there translates to every rhema, which is a living word. And that's the word, uh, you know, that Siobhan gave in that testimony where the Lord spoke to her. She went to the Bible, found the scripture, and it, it... it became alive to her. It it was an answer to her prayer. It was an answer to the trauma and distress that she was enduring, uh, you know, and it is what has held her together. And what she's saying there is, is that, you know, if you're going through circumstances, ask the Lord to show you in his word scriptures that you can stand on. I gave my own testimony several times before, you know, about the time when I was in the hospital and, and uh, you know, the Bible just fell open. I've heard so many times from people who have, you know, been talking about uh, something difficult they were going through or, or something they were praying about and that they opened their Bible and it just fell open at this page. And it's like this scripture just jumped up off the page to them well that's a rhema word and that's what um jesus is speaking here every rhema every living word that that uh, god speaks to us is what we can feed on and what nourishes us what um gives us stability and gives us peace and that's what siobhan's testimony is is about and um you know, that that no matter what circumstances, because Jesus did say, you know, he said, in the world, you will have tribulation, you will have troubles. There will be circumstances that are not all pretty and rosy in the garden. And how are you going to respond to that? Are you going to allow the enemy to rob you of your peace? Because you see, as young Christians, what happens is, is that we uh, expect everything to work out perfectly. And we get mad and offended at God when it doesn't. And so many people, I've seen it down through the years, so many people turn their back on God. Uh, You know, they say, well, that doesn't work. It didn't work for me. I got nothing there and and they don't realize that there's a difference uh you know to to uh that that the christian life is not about you know you sort of lying in silk and being fed grapes from god you know into your mouth every time you want something uh, like some movie scene no the the kingdom of god actually the bible tells us the kingdom of god suffers violence and violent men take it by force and that is why in ephesians chapter 6 it says you know to put on the full armor of god and uh, in fact, actually, it's where the word rhema is used again. If you want to turn there uh, from Matthew, keep your finger on Matthew for a moment. Just turn to Ephesians chapter 6. And, you know, Paul is speaking here about how our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the principalities, the rulers of darkness, that is the devil and his demons um, who rule in the second heaven. And he's saying, stand there for in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14 stand therefore having girded your waist with truth so the truth is the word of god because jesus said my words that i speak to you they are spirit and they are truth so they are spiritually understood and this is why people who who come to try and understand the word of god through an intellectual means by you know trying to figure it out and reason it out in their head you're never going to understand or get anything from god that way you have to humble yourself before the lord 
Ask Jesus to come into your life as your Lord and Saviour. Ask him to fill you and baptise you with his Holy Spirit. And it is his Holy Spirit who comes to live inside of you, to abide in you. And you are to abide in him as well. And so abiding in him, how we do it on this planet is we, we pray, we talk to the Lord, we study his word, we obey his word. And what happens is, is there's this um, relationship, a two-way relationship, not a one-way. Bless me, God. Gimme, gimme. My name is Jimmy. You know, this is how many baby Christians um, have tried to uh, reason with God. And when they didn't get what they want, they threw themselves on the ground in a tantrum like a two-year-old and, and, and went off then in a big huff and a puff because, you know, God is not answering me and he's not doing what I want him to do and as Paul said in in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 when I was a child I thought like a child I reasoned like a child I behaved and acted like a child but now that I have become a man Paul said and so as we grow up and when we become uh, men and women when we grow up in the things of God we have to start behaving like an adult um, in our responses to things. And for many of us, we have been behaving and responding to things that have gone on, to things that are going on in our lives, uh, like children. And uh, so here in Ephesians, Paul is directing us that it's it's time to grow up and realize that you're in a battle. And, you know, that scripture Siobhan got was, was that the Lord will fight for you, but we have to dress ourselves for the battle. We have to show up like Emer's testimony in, in um, two podcasts ago in, in the podcast called Breakthrough. And I encourage you to listen to it, uh, you know, where Jehoshaphat was told, go out and fight them. You will show up on the battlefield, but you will not need to fight because the Lord will fight for you. So um, our faith is that we do what God tells us to do. We obey him and we go out and show up on the battlefield. We face and confront the enemy. Um, and yet we hold our peace because we know that God is on our side and that he will bring us through victorious and we do not allow the enemy to rob us of our peace. That's what Jesus was doing in the wilderness. He answered the devil each time with the word of God. He didn't answer him out of the flesh like we often do. Uh, you know ranting and raving and swearing and throwing things and getting angry and and of course there's a time for anger of course there's times when when you know we get offended but we have to deal with it according to the word of God and so what Paul is dictating here telling us to do is stand gird yourself with the buckle of truth so the first thing you put on is the buckle of truth on your way so the the word of god has to be first and foremost uh, our response to every every situation and then having put on the breastplate of righteousness that is that we know we are right with god through the blood of jesus that he shed at the cross for us where he forgave us of all of our sins and if he forgave us all of our sins then we need to go and forgive those people who have hurt us that is obedience to god's word is it easy no it is not easy <laughs> but if we are intent on on honoring god and on living for him, then we must do what his word tells us to do. And his word tells us that we bless our enemies. We pray for those who persecute us. We confront uh, the enemy with truth. 
um, and we walk in love. And so, you know, put on the breastplate of righteousness that we are right with God because of the blood Jesus shed for us. um, Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, that everywhere we go, we bring peace. And so, you know, I've spoken about this at length in the past. There are many people and the minute they come inside the door, the whole place goes into uproar. There's like a spirit of confusion and a spirit of strife or whatever, because it's working with them. And so we need to examine ourselves. And that's what communion is about. You know, communion is when we take the bread and take the cup, we examine ourselves as to how we're relating to the body of Christ. That is all the other people, <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, that's in First uh, Corinthians chapter 11. But anyway, we won't go into that right now. So having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So the shield of faith, so our faith in God, Lord, I trust you that even though these fiery darts are coming against me from this direction and that direction, even though my life is not perfect, even though uh, there are all these problems and difficulties going on in my life. Lord, I lift up my faith against those fiery darts and I thank you for protecting me and preserving me and that you will bring me out out of this battle victorious as I trust in you. That's what the the shield of faith is. And then with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And then verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation. So there's an actual... um, helmet that you need to put on your head and it's the helmet of hope salvation that that uh, Jesus Christ came to seek and save those who were lost he came for me and he came for you and stop trying to pretend you're so perfect you didn't need it Uh listen all of us uh, have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and what Jesus did when he was dying on that cross and when he was enduring that beating when he when he went into hell he was paying for our redemption from sin and death and the devil he was defeating them and paying for it with his own blood he didn't pay for it with money he didn't pay for it with gold or he didn't put it on his tab He actually paid for it with his blood. And so that helmet, you know, where is it that you find most of the stress? And I think Siobhan expressed that very well, you know, that she actually had to lie down in the bed because she was so distressed of all the the things that were going on. And for anybody who has been living in in a situation, you know, uh, of difficulty like that or, or... with any kind of difficulty, whether it's financial, whether it's health, whether it's relationships or family members or or maybe dealing with somebody from a stroke or a brain injury or autistic, whatever the, the um, situation is, you know, where is it you feel the pressure in your head? And so the helmet of salvation, it's like this bubble you put on your head to know that, uh, you know, Jesus Christ is Lord and that By trusting in God, he will bring you out of every situation. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. And that helmet of salvation and the word, uh, sorry, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so the word of God translates there again to that rhema. So to find 
uh, a word to stand on, a word that is where God is speaking to you personally. And he does that for everybody. There's no favorites in the kingdom of God. And, uh, you know, the more we study his word, the more we speak it, like Siobhan said, to meditate on it, think about it, speak it out, proclaim it over that situation, proclaim his word, proclaim what God says in the face of that uh, attack from the enemy. Whatever it is, if it's, if it's a financial attack or a financial lack, Father, I thank you. You said you would provide all my needs according to your riches in glory through Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you. You said, Lord, in the word of God, David said, I have been young and now I am old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. If it's a sickness in your body uh, or a sickness, you know, for some situation of, of a disease of some kind. Father, I thank you. Your word says that by the stripes of Jesus. I am healed I was healed and Lord Jesus I thank you you're the same yesterday today and forever everywhere you went you healed them all Lord Jesus I'm standing and believing for total healing and restoration in my life you know this is how you take the sword of the spirit empty religion friend powerless prayers uh, rituals all these things they mean nothing if they have worked already for you, why are you listening to this? But I guarantee you they haven't worked because there's no power in them. And it's time, you know, God is speaking to his church. Wake up and grow up and get with the program. You want the Lord to bless you? Start obeying his word. Start doing his word. Start speaking his word. Start living his word. And I think that's what's uh, lovely there about what Yvonne said, you know, is that it's a daily thing. It's every day that she's growing and getting stronger and that she's seeing things are changing. And most of all, what she's seeing is that she and her response to it is changing. And that's where the real breakthrough is, friend. Because what the devil wants to do is rob you of your peace, destroy your home, destroy your home life, uh, destroy your, your, your business or whatever. And when he is able, like Jerry Savelle wrote a book years ago and he's got, um, you know, the teachings on YouTube, you can Google it, uh, Jerry Savelle, S-A-V-E-L-L-E. And it's called, If Satan Can't Steal Your Joy, Then He Can't Take Your Goods. And it's such a powerful teaching because that's the thing the devil's after is your joy and your peace. So praise God, you know, you need a rhema word. That's how God speaks to us. And what the Lord does is, like I said, or like Siobhan said as well, it, it's like it jumps off the page, is the Lord quickens it to you. And, you know, what he also does with his word is he brings it to your remembrance. Um, let's have a look there at Luke chapter 24. While we're in the Gospels, Luke chapter 24. Just one line I want to show you here. In verse 8. Um, well, let's have a look at, say, verse, uh, this is when they went to the tomb and they found that the, the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. And then they went in and they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then the, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember 
how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again? And it says in verse 8, And they remembered his words. And that word, their words, translates as rhema. They remembered that living word that he spoke to them. And it's actually in Luke chapter 7, same gospel, in the gospel, of, sorry, not 7, uh, Luke chapter 9. In Luke chapter 9, that's where he quoted that scripture to them, where Jesus said, you know, the Son of Man must suffer many things. In verse 22, Luke 9, 22, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. So Jesus had told them all this, but, you know, they had just forgotten it. And that's why they were so desolate when he was being crucified. They were saying, what's happening? We thought he was the Messiah. And they had forgotten the words that he had spoken to them. But when the angel reminded them, so, you know, the angels there represent really the word of God. And that's why we study the word of God, because it reminds us of what God's promises are. It refreshes us. It washes out the junk. Ephesians 5 says that we are cleansed and washed by the word of God. And so the word of God washes out the junk out of us and, and makes us clean. Uh, Jesus said, you know, these words that I have spoken to you, they make you clean. And so... um they remembered that he had spoken them, this to them. And while we're in Luke chapter 9, um, in verse 44, um, this was after Jesus had healed the boy who had the epilepsy. And it said they were all amazed at the majesty of God. And while everyone marveled at the things which Jesus did, he said to his disciples in 44, let these words sink down into your ears. For the Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. So let these words, let this rhema word sink into your ears. Don't forget it. And that's what the Word of God is. It's a reminder. It's a uh, where, you know, Jesus, when he was talking to Peter and, and he said, Who do you say I am? I think it's in um, John chapter 6, isn't it? Um, uh, no, not John chapter 6, sorry. It is John chapter 6, but it's not Peter saying the... Uh, oh my goodness, I'm actually getting confused there, sorry. In in John chapter 6, you know, the when Jesus was teaching about his flesh and his blood and that you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood, all the people who were following him got offended. And um, Jesus said in John 6, uh, 61... Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining and he said to them, does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? The Spirit also gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me. And this always comes down to the crux, you know, of our faith. And, and Siobhan mentioned it there as well about, you know, praying in fear or praying, you know, because of uh, trying to do a duty or trying to work to please God. But what we're to do is to trust God and believe him. That's our faith. And that's where uh, Abraham in Romans chapter four, it was accounted to him for righteousness because he believed God that God was able to do anything and that there was nothing impossible to him. And it's the same for us. And, and you know, Jesus was always blunt and straight with his, with his disciples. Some of you do not believe me. 
for Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe and he knew who would betray him. Then he said, that is why I said, the people can come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus, turning to the twelve, asked, are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. So I love the way that Peter said that there. You know, Lord, where could we go? And this is so true. And I'll tell you, any Christian who has been through the fire, and, and uh, so that's everybody, <laughs> they can turn around and they'll tell you, friend, where would I go anyway? What would I do? Go back to where I was? Go back to how I used to live? No. And, and this is why the Lord warns people about turning away. Uh, you know, but anyway, that's a whole different teaching. Praise God. So the sword of the spirit is the word of God and the word, you know, it needs to be planted. We need to uh, have it brought to our remembrance regularly. This is what Bible study is about. Um, the word needs to be watered for it to grow. Um, in Acts chapter 11, the book of Acts, praise God. In Acts chapter 11, um, Peter um, had been to the house of Cornelius. Cornelius was not a Jew, he was a Gentile. And Cornelius and his whole household got saved and uh, delivered. And, you know, you can read it for yourself there. Um, but... Uh, Peter then had to defend going to the Gentiles with the gospel. And what he said was, um, he, he told them about how he'd had a vision, uh, that the Lord had showed him a vision of, and, and that he had responded and obeyed God. And, you know, um, Peter himself quoted the prophet Joel in Acts chapter 2 when he said, in the last days I will pour out my spirit. God prophesied through the prophet Joel and Peter repeated it in Acts chapter 2 that you know God is no respecter of persons and that um, when he pours his Holy Spirit out and when a person receives Jesus they get the free gift of the Holy Spirit living inside of them and it is the Holy Spirit who gives us um, revelation of God's word and he also does this you know he gives us dreams he gives us visions and and that's what Siobhan was talking about there earlier is that she you know she just got a flash and saw herself in that mud and then she saw herself getting out of it and walking and running and then later on she had that other vision of that of that storm coming but that she was standing even though the storm was 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 uh, raging and so you know it's the spirit of God who brings revelation to us and God's speaks to us in many ways he speaks to us through his word he speaks to us through dreams and visions but the thing is is that we always have to go back to the word to confirm it you know what we've seen um this this keeps people in alignment you know but um here peter was explaining he'd had this dream he'd had this he went into a trance and saw this vision and that he was sent to the house of cornelius and it says that um in verse 14 who will tell you um, 
Oh, yeah, he, he was just, say, 13. And he told us how he had seen an angel, this was Cornelius, standing in his house who said to him, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. And as you... As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, as upon us at the beginning. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so Peter here was speaking again, saying, I remembered the rhema that God spoke to me. And this is when we study God's word, what happens is it's like a seed. And many people are out in their gardens these days and they're planting, you know, their vegetable seeds and their potatoes and all that. And and um, many people will plant flowers and veg from actual a packet of seeds. And that seed goes down into the ground and it doesn't come up straight away because it first has to die. And when the seed dies, it is transformed and it then starts to grow and bring forth a harvest and a fruit. And the word of God is a seed that is planted in each one of us. And that is why we study the Bible, because we need to uh, water it and to replenish it. We, we we bring the sun upon it, you know, the son of God. But um, And that seed of the word of God comes forth. Because let me tell you, friend, that there will be a day, and it says that in Ephesians 6, when the evil day comes, will you be able to stand? The only thing that will have a person to stand in the evil day is the word of God that has been sown in their heart because they won't have their Bible at that very moment to open. Uh, I'll tell you um, a testimony. Many years ago, I I saw a lady and she gave this testimony that uh, she was uh, driving in her car with her little children and um, as they came to a, a large, big intersection, junction kind of thing, um, she was driving through it because the lights were green for her. But a huge truck missed his red light and came straight for her and, and um, you know, T-boned her car and sent her spinning. And she said that in that moment, the only thing she could remember was the blood of Jesus and so she started speaking the blood the blood the blood the blood uh, over her children she looked at um her little baby in the back seat and she in the rearview mirror and she just said the blood the blood the blood and when they came afterwards to um the the you know fire chiefs and and police or who came to the scene of the accident they were amazed to find that neither she nor her children had been hurt or injured in any way. They were taken out alive out of that crash. And they told her crashes that we have seen in this kind of situation in the past with the speed that he was doing and the way he, where he hit you and everything. We have seen people, um, you know, just wiped out and we've never seen any survivors. And she said it was because of the word of God that had been in her heart that day. She had a split second and in the split second, the testimony that came out of her mouth was the blood, the blood of Jesus. And uh, that's what saved her. And that was her testimony. And praise God, you know, in the evil day, friend, will you be able to stand? If you don't have the word of God sown in your heart right now, how do you think it's going to come up then? And this is another thing about, I suppose, baby Christians that we see a lot is that you know, um, they're not in church or they're, they're you know, they're just caught up and distracted in other things and then something happens 
or then they face some kind of an issue and straight away, you know, they're on the phone and, and there's a big emergency and a massive crisis. And the thing is, friend, you know, yes, uh, the church is there for people to, to, to bring them through difficult situations, of course. But at the end of the day, it's between you and God. And it's, you know, his word in your mouth coming forth that is going to bring the deliverance. And I don't mean that in a, in a to be offensive or anything like that, because there are times, and, and we're going to look at that in a moment, actually, where um, James says, you know, when somebody's sick, let the, call the elders and let them anoint him with oil, and the prayer of faith will save the sick one. But the thing is, how much better, how much greater a victory it would it is and it would be when somebody has the word of God in themselves and they speak it out and they live it out and they see the victory. Um, David wrote, Psalm 62, my victory and honor come from God. And David was a worshiper. He was, you know, he was anointed by God. But the reason David was anointed was because he was a worshiper. He, he wasn't anointed, you know, before he had spent years out on the side of the mountains, praising and worshiping God, proclaiming God's goodness, seeing God deliver him from the hand of the lion and the hand of the bear. Go read that in, in um, 1 Samuel chapter 16 and 17 and see, you know, uh, the difference of a life of worship and a life of, of uh, spending time with the Lord for deliverance and for freedom. Amen. So there's an anointing. There's an anointing on you. Um, while we are in Acts, actually, chapter 11, if you're still there, you can just look at the chapter before that in Acts chapter 10. And Acts chapter 10, verse, um, again, it's Peter speaking. This is Peter when he was in Cornelius' house. Read it yourself. We don't have the time to do it here. Um, but in Acts chapter 10, when Peter spoke in verse 34, Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, through Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. He is Lord of all. That word you know which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee and the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him and we are witnesses of all the things that he did in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to the witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. So that was Peter's um, proclamation to the house of Cornelius. And they repented and received salvation. And a couple of things I wanted to note here, friend, is that 
Perhaps there are situations going on in your household, in your home, in your marriage, maybe in your business. And you're wondering, right, where do I start? And I would say you start by understanding that God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth, his son, Jesus, the Messiah. He anointed him so that everywhere Jesus went, he brought peace, he brought healing, and he brought deliverance from those who were oppressed by the devil. So you have to understand, we have an enemy. His name is the devil, Satan, Lucifer. um, uh, You know, you have all these different uh, names for the devil, the enemy, um, demons. He has plenty of demons. They're the third of, of the angels of heaven who rebelled with Lucifer and who were cast out of heaven. And they go around trying to bring destruction and pain and torment everywhere they go. Strife, offense, uh, abuse, whatever the situations, betrayal. And so God anointed Jesus and Jesus himself proclaimed this. And um, we read earlier in Matthew chapter four, when Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And Luke, in Luke's gospel, where he tells of that encounter, Luke goes on to show that when Jesus came back from the wilderness, he went into the synagogue and he started preaching. And the very first um, uh, teaching that Jesus gave on this earth was when he opened the scroll of Isaiah and he said, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good tidings, good news, to heal the brokenhearted, to set free those who have been held captive. And he was quoting from Isaiah chapter um, 61. And so Jesus was anointed. And in the same way that he was anointed, when we receive him as our Lord and Savior, his Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. And thus we are anointed with the same anointing that was on Jesus Christ. In John's epistle at the back of the Bible, John speaks out and he says, you know, as he is, so are we. So we have that same anointing on our lives because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. That's why Jesus said, it's better that I go back to the Father because then I will send the Holy Spirit who is the presence of God and he will live and abide with you and he will lead you into all truth and you will do all the things that I did, even greater things will you do. And so this is what we have to realize is that we are not alone. Like Siobhan said, God has our back. Not only has he our back, he is our front and he is our inside. You know, he is with you and he wants to bring victory and deliverance and peace and his joy and his total salvation to every area of your lives. So if there is a situation going on, how do you, um, how do you deal with it? Okay. Um, the anointing lives inside of you. We've just looked at that. Actually, in 1 John chapter 2, this is John's epistle at the back of the Bible. In chapter 2, verses 20 and 27, it says that the anointing lives in you. So you have to understand that. The anointing of God is, is living inside you. The Holy Spirit and his anointing for breakthrough. Now, in Isaiah chapter 10, the book of Isaiah Let's go there to Isaiah chapter 10, just to read this. It's, it's an account of God's people who 
Um, you can read it yourself. Um, you know, are are bringing in unjust laws, um, oppressing the poor and the needy and the widows, um, and and looking for God's help. And actually, he says in verse three, this is Isaiah chapter ten, verse three. What will you do in the day of reckoning, in the day of punishment, and in the desolation which will come from afar? To whom will you flee for help? You know, this is something we have to ask ourselves. And like I said earlier, there are people who will come to you and they'll be coming and they'll be crying and screaming for help. And like, you'll have to ask yourself and ask them if if you're to be truthful with them. Well, what have you been doing all along? You know, you need, there. there's a decision that needs to be made. Um, Moses said it to the people, choose this day whom you're going to serve. Who are you going to serve? Because friend, all of us serve some God. Whether it be a false God or the living God. But people are serving some God. Some people are serving the God of mammon. They're lusting after wealth and riches and power and status. And, you know, and there's nothing wrong with wealth and riches. God wants you to be prosperous. But you see, when you're serving that, there's the issue and there's the problem. People are, are serving false gods. They're serving, uh, you know, relationships. They're, they're, they're involved with people who are influencing them to go down the wrong way. Um, so this is what the Lord said here in Isaiah chapter 10. To whom will you flee for help? Because I guarantee you help will not be found anywhere only in the living God, in Jesus Christ, his saviour. And people find that out very quickly. Um, it goes on in verse 20 to say, you know, that there will be a remnant. This is Isaiah chapter 10, verse 20. It will come to pass in that day, the remnant of Israel to such as have escaped of the house of Jacob. You see, God always speaks to Israel first, to the Jew first, and then the Gentile. So we are included in this. We are grafted in with the Jews uh, who are God's family. They're his chosen people. And we um, have been blessed to be grafted in with our Jewish um, brothers and sisters uh, into God's covenant. And he says, you know, they will depend on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel in truth. Again, you've got the truth of the word of God here. The word of God has to have preeminence. The remnant will return the remnant of Jacob to the mighty God. And he goes on to say, you know, that the 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 enemies who've tried to oppose you and who've tried to hurt you you know that god help them is what he's saying you know they're 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 in for it and in verse 27 it says it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder that the burden the enemy has put upon you where he has tried to to break you And so many people, I see this, are carrying burdens in their back. In fact, if you're suffering with any kind of back pain or any kind of niggles in your shoulders or your your hips or your back, you know, there are two things, friend. One is a burden and the other is unforgiveness. And those two things need to be dealt with. A burden as in a weight of some kind, worrying about something. Worry and unforgiveness, they affect our backs. They affect our necks. They affect our shoulders, our hips. We feel it in the skeletal frame. And so, you know, 
the enemy puts a burden on people's shoulders. It's so important to bring that burden to the cross, lay, take it off and give it to Jesus Christ. That's what faith is. That's what trusting God is. Uh, and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed. Why? Because of the anointing, the anointing oil. You know, um, uh, there's something that happens with the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of prayer. And even, you know, God told them to, to take oil. Let's have a look at that. Um, let's leave Isaiah and go to the book of James. And in James chapter 5, James is way over in the New Testament. Um, James chapter 5 and verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So, you know, there's an anointing oil where the Lord called tells us to, to call for the elders. And that's why, at, you know, in Word of Victory, in our services before COVID, but, you know, I don't know. Ah, oh, praise the Lord. We would have uh, an altar call. And for anyone who had sickness or any problem that they needed prayer for, come and we'll pray with you. The elders are here. The, the trustees um, are here and they will pray with you and agree with you and stand but you see what many people in christian circles down the years have done is they've come to a man or a woman they hear of some big preacher who's coming and they say oh i just need to get to him now and and if i get to um you know tell him what my prayer request is he'll wave his magic hand and i will be healed or that whole situation will be sorted out and then afterwards they found that didn't happen and they're angry and offended at god i went and and i did what you told me but you see the thing is is that we have to have the word of God in ourselves we have to um, work out our own salvation with fear and trembling we have to be armed with the word of God and wearing the full armor of God and using and proclaiming his word for that victory and you don't need to go anywhere friend you know, uh, you have got the power of Almighty God living inside of you. You are anointed. The anointing is living inside of you. And you have a choice how you live with that anointing. Are you going to, you know, just let it wither and die and never feed or nourish it? Or are you going to spend time with the Lord, worship him, speak his word and, and release that anointing? And um, instead of always saying, oh, gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. You know, are you going to turn around and say, Lord, what can I do for you today? What's on your heart, Father? Is there somebody you'd like me to, to meet? Is there somebody you'd like me to encourage? Like what Siobhan just did there. You know, praise God. Everybody that I know has a testimony, but very few people are aware of it or, or, or even feel like, you know, sharing it. And I, this is so wrong because the book of Revelation tells us that the accuser of the brethren is cast down when they overcome him with the blood of the lamb and with the word of their testimony. And for many people, you know, who are not experiencing breakthrough, it's because they have never given their testimony. It is because they have never, you know, um, 
thought that that the Lord would want to use uh, what he has done for them to encourage or lift somebody else up. And the thing is, is that in all your lifting up of someone else, what happens is you yourself get refreshed and fresh water is poured upon you. Amen. So God wants us to go out and glorify him by the power of his anointing that's inside of us. And yes, of course, we pray for, for the, the sick. We, we, um, in fact, if you go with me to Mark chapter 6, Mark chapter 6, Mark's gospel. Um, praise God. Chapter 6 is where Jesus sent out his 12 apostles. It says in verse 7, he called the 12 to himself and began to send them out two by two. He gave them power over unclean spirits. He commanded them to take nothing for the journey, no staff, sorry, except a staff. And the staff there represents authority. And as you know, in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus said, I give you authority over Satan, over his snakes and his scorpions and over all the power of the devil and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And you heard Siobhan there earlier on saying that is that she has grown in the knowledge of the authority that she walks in according to the word of God and things have begun to change because of that authority. I told you long ago about, uh, you know, in our own family, we had a family member suffering from a serious brain injury as well. And years ago, when my mother knew nothing, she was only just saved. But she heard that word about the authority that we have, according to Luke chapter ten nineteen. And one night, uh, this family member, uh, you know, was, was, was in the middle of, of one of those um, episodes of meltdowns. And my mother took my, my little sister, who was only a young child at the time, and she said, will you agree with me right now that we take authority over this? So they went down to the room and mom prayed. She bound up the enemy over that situation, over that other child. And she she uh, spoke the word of God over that situation. And she took her authority according to Luke chapter 10, 19. She said, devil, I have authority over you, over your snakes and your scorpions, over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt me or my family. In Jesus name, I command you get out of this house. I command you bound in Jesus name. And I release and loose the spirit of life into that uh, into that child right now in Jesus name and my mother said that she was amazed she said she was astounded because the whole thing just stopped right there the energy was taken out of it and and there was peace restored in the home and she said that taught her a very valuable lesson that when the devil comes around and tries to to mess with you and mess with your family you as a king and a priest in your own house have authority according to the new covenant written in the blood of Jesus Christ your savior you have authority in his name and the devil has to bow his knee and so that's what happened here. Jesus was teaching his disciples. You take nothing except the staff. You take your authority. No bag, no bread, no copper in your money belt. But you wear sandals. And, and then he said to them, in whatever place you enter a house, stay there till you depart from that place. And whoever will not receive you nor hear you, when you depart from there, shake off the dust under your feet as a testimony against them. Look, if people have offended you, if people don't receive the word of God, if people don't receive you, shake it off you need to do like who's that taylor swift shake it off just get rid of it and release yourself from it and stop worrying about it stop bothering about it stop going over and over and over and over again in your head about it just let it go 
Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. We need to pray for God's mercy for those people who, who have come against us, those people who have opposed us, the ones who have opposed the gospel. And we have seen plenty of them, and many of them are other Christians, I'll tell you now. And they really need to watch it. Because when someone knows the authority that they walk in, when someone knows uh, that, that you, we are anointed by God, um, you know, we have the power of his name, the power of the blood of Jesus. And when people align themselves up against God's people, they are not aligning themselves up against uh, human beings. They're aligning themselves up against the anointing, against the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, God himself, the creator of the heavens and the earth who lives inside of us. And they are treading on dangerous ground and they need to repent. And, and the ones who I think need to repent most are other Christians. People who, who call themselves Christian, people who, who perhaps know the word of God or study the word of God or go to church, you know, we will answer for every idle word that we have spoken before God. And God gives a warning here to those who would oppose his disciples. And we are all his disciples. It wasn't just the 12. Any person who's a believer in Jesus Christ and has received him as their Lord and Savior is a disciple of Jesus Christ who studies the word of God, who obeys it and who lives it. Anyway, let's keep going. Verse 12, so they went out and preached that people should repent. Isn't it interesting? They went out and preached that people should repent. And you know, sometimes I get sick and tired of when I hear people mouthing off and roaring and shouting about, whoa, you know, uh, you know, God wants this and God wants that for you. And, and they never preach repentance. And in fact, many of them, do you know why they don't preach repentance? Because many of them, are in total rebellion to God themselves. And they need to repent. God um, told, Jesus told them, people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. So this was the disciples carrying out the works of Jesus Christ, which is to heal the sick, to deliver those who are tormented, to set the captives free, to heal the brokenhearted and to bring the truth. You know, the truth of the word of God, the first thing is always repentance. Repentance. God said, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. When we preach repentance, not only are we preaching repentance of sin, but we are preaching the mercy of God, <laughs> that each one of us is a sinner, that we've all messed up. Come on, even you. Hello. Yes, you have, and I have. We all have missed God. We've missed the mark. We've messed up, and we need his mercy. And as we receive his mercy, and when we repent, we receive his mercy. He expects us to go out and bring that mercy everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen. So, praise God. Let's leave it there, friend. Father, we thank you for your word today. And we just release this word now into your kingdom, 
in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father, for teaching your people. I thank you that each one of these people, I see them, Lord, uh, your children, your sons and your daughters. I see them even as a a little uh, shoot coming up from the ground. And the way that shoot comes up and fills up to be a mighty plant, strong and nourished and healthy and thriving. I speak uh, your anointing upon them, Lord, to come forth in the name of Jesus for deliverance, um, for healing, for freedom, for peace peace and for every blessing father abundance in every area in the name of Jesus according to your word amen god bless you friend